Hello, I'm David Sparks, and joined by my co-host, Rosemary Orchard, and this is Automators, where we talk about how to automate your technology to do your work for you. Hello, Rosemary. How are you today? I am very, very, very excited about today's topic, David, but we've got a lot to cover, haven't we? Yeah, we're talking about Airtable today. We've been teasing it on the show for a while. Both of us have kind of dug in deeper on this application, and now it's just obvious that we have to cover it, so we're going to... I think we've got a really great show. But before we get there, there is some news. First of all, thank you, everybody who bought T-shirts and hoodies. We really appreciate it. We got some milk money out of it, and some really cool T-shirts and hoodies are heading out. Hopefully, we'll see you wearing them up at WWDC or wherever we bump into you. Also, I have released the Keyboard Maestro Field Guide. Hooray. Yes, and this has been uh, coming for a while. You've been teasing it for quite a long time. Yeah, I feel like I've been talking about it too long, but it's just uh, it, it's a it's a challenging app to cover in a field guide, but I'm really happy with the way it came out. Uh, uh, the The analogy I use in one of the videos is, you know, Keyboard Maestro is like a massive box of Lego that's been dumped on your desk with no instructions. And it's there's just so much you can do with that application to automate your Mac. Uh, so I, I I spent a lot of time kind of going through it and finding a way to explain it. And I think it, it came out great. Yes. And you've got over 76 videos. So, I mean, yeah. I've been going through and picking through it and just grabbing videos here and there as they catch my eye. And I'm really enjoying it. And I'm learning a lot, even though I, I use Keyboard Maestro myself all the time. So In my head, that was the ultimate test. Can I do anything in here that would teach Rosemary Orchard something? If, if I yes. did that, I feel like I won. Um, yes, but- it is. But we're having a listener competition. You have to guess which parts of it I didn't know. <laughs> so we're but so the structure of it is there is, you know, the basics and then also explains all the triggers and all the actions you can do. But then there's also a section there where I just give you all of the cool keyboard maestro scripts I use, and then you can, you know, download them, install them, and automate them or adjust them. So uh, like I said, the feedback's been good and I'm really happy. Uh, with the way it came out. So thank you, everyone. It's on sale. It's usually $29. It's on sale for $24 for a very short time, kind of the launch window. And I wanted to make sure the Automator's audience knew about it. Head over to learn.maxsparky.com and get your copy before the price goes up. Yeah. And uh, as well as producing awesome stuff, you can meet us. Um, So uh, as David mentioned earlier, if you uh, are coming to uh, WWEDC. We've got a meetup there. Um, our tickets up for that are unfortunately now sold out officially, That free tickets. Uh, but keep an eye out just in case anybody doesn't need their ticket and releases it. Um, and you can still grab a spot. And the other meetup that we're doing before WWDC is uh, near you, isn't it, David? It's Orange County. Yeah, the Orange County meetup. Uh, we've still got some space available if you want to join in. We've got a location now. We've settled on the date. It's May the 31st at 6 p.m. It's it's near the Irvine Spectrum, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think uh, if you're in the Southern California area, we'd love to have you. Yes, definitely. And while we're on the topic of meetups, just to keep things rolling, uh, if anybody listening is attending MacStock this year, that is at the end of July, then both you and I are going to be there, uh, and we're both speaking so it would be a great opportunity to to meet some of you um, if we haven't got to meet you before or meet you again if we have got to meet you before somehow and uh, to see everybody and uh, hopefully learn something about our, 
everybody else. I love how much we're getting you over in the States this year, Rose. <laughs> oh, Chris, I've been there, what, twice already? And I've got another three trips planned so yes. far. I, I feel like I spend my life on planes. And I've just spent the last two weekends on planes within Europe. And I'm spending this weekend on a plane as well. So <laughs> Racking up your frequent flyer miles. I, I'm going oh, yeah. to, I've never been, my daughter just won a fancy competition there producing one of her plays in Nebraska. Ooh. I've never been in Nebraska. I'm looking forward to that. So I'm going to be heading there. But that's not a meetup or anything. That's a family thing. Anyway, um, we have been talking about this app, Timery, which was in beta forever. And I always felt bad when we talked about it. But if you're into time tracking, we did a show on that. Uh, Timery is the application for Toggle that Toggle should have made. <laughs> and I don't yes. know how else to put it. And so yeah, it if- is the best iOS app like for Toggle and time tracking that there is. I've, I've tried a lot of them. Yeah, so if you're doing uh, time tracking, particularly if you're using Toggle, Timery has shipped. Yay. So we'll put it in the show notes. You can go download it and check it out. And congratulations to the developer. I know that there was a lot of work in this app, and uh, I hope I wish him much success. Yes. Just before we get into all of the Airtable goodness, uh, we should mention there is another new show on Relay FM called Adapt, which some of our listeners might be interested in. Yeah, I think there's a huge overlap with our audience and the Adapt audience. And Adapt is all about the iPad and getting more out of the iPad. Of course, our friend Federico's uh, behind it, and I think it's going to be a great show. Yes, it's Federico Vitici and Ryan Christoffel. Both of them are actually at Mac Stories. Uh, Federico Vitici, of course, being Mr. Mac Stories himself. But uh, it's, it's definitely uh, an app that I'm sure many of our listeners will enjoy, or a podcast, rather. Hats on the brain today. (laughs) There we go. Well, we're actually here to talk today about what we're going to do with Airtable. Airtable, if you've never heard of it before, it's a spreadsheet slash database application based on the internet. It's a web-based app. And Mm -hmm. this first came on my radar several years ago. They were emailing me as they were kind of getting launched. And uh, I was, at the time, pretty happy with numbers uh, because most of the spreadsheet type stuff I did was on my local machine. I liked having it local and I really didn't need the features that Airtable brought to the table. And, mm-hmm. but over time I started playing with it and increasingly finding uses for it to the extent that Airtable is now open on my screen every day for one reason or another. And one of the things we've done is we've converted much of the show management over to what I think to be a, a very good Airtable table. Mm-hmm. It's like a Definitely. shortcut, shortcut, I, Airtable table. I don't know how we're going to get through this. Uh, it's actually an Airtable base, which contains tables. So, there we uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple levels so. of abstraction. But either way, it, it's, it's a very powerful app. And we thought today we'd like to talk through how we're using it for the show and explain some of the features because I think anybody hearing this may it may trigger a few ideas in your head how you can automate your life with Airtable, and then mm-hmm. uh, we'll wrap up the show with some other uses we're doing with Airtable as well. So I guess we should just get started. Well, yes, but just to get started, we need to go back to the beginning, don't we? Because we didn't start yeah. out with Airtable; we started out with notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I mean, it wasn't. It's not terrible. Uh, which. Sounds like a criticism, but really, uh, Apple Notes is pretty good. And the collaboration was decent as well. We could see who had added what, yeah. but it quickly grew out of control. I and mean, it was difficult to find, you know, which ideas have we we already uh, marked as in progress for um, recording, or it's definitely in planning and things like that. And 
everything was just all over the place. Uh, and there are some things we do with the show. I mean, the way we produce the show is Rose and I uh, switch shows. I do even, mm-hmm. she does odd. So uh, whichever one of us, it's our show. In fact, if you're listening, if you want to know the secret, it's whoever reads the opening title. That's it. They're, <laughs> the, they're the one doing the post-production and all the other work on the show. And, and, but you know, we didn't, you can't really track that through an Apple note without manually doing it. So we wanted to automate a whole bunch of that stuff. And we're also constantly getting ideas for potential guests and we wanted a better way to track that. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we, uh, we came up with a pretty good solution. And, and of course, whatever we did needed to be a collaboration tool because we're Definitely. in two different continents but we both want to access the data and make sure it's always up to date, which immediately removes something like numbers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there are some other solutions. We could have maybe gone with Google Sheets or something like this, but Airtable, it's just because it's it's more than a halfway house between a spreadsheet and a database. It is more database than spreadsheet, but it's user-friendly in the same way a spreadsheet is. Yeah. So you can do these great things like um, grouping, and so you can group by specific fields in your database, which makes life so much easier. So that, for example, um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but in our show planning, we have um, a status field. And all of our shows are grouped by status. So we can see what's in planning, what's scheduled, and what things are still in the idea status. And then down under the idea status, we've got everything that we've already released, um, which you know just makes it a lot easier to, to keep to, on top of all of this. Oh, yeah. It, it is, that is one of the best features, but we are definitely getting ahead of ourselves. Let, let's yes. start with some basics and, and get to that because yeah. that's kind of, and some of that is the payoff you know, at the end. Definitely. So what are the things we need to track? Um, We have, for every show we make, we've got a show number, we've got a show title, um, we've got uh, an episode title in the database, which was Rose's idea I thought was pretty cool. It just does some database work to grab the number plus the title and combines them. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we've got guests, which of course uh, we'll get into a little bit more detail, but essentially guests is its own table. And then we just link to this, which means that we can have a bunch of information about the guest and anything that we want to reference, you know, stored with the guest. But then we can also see them and we can also see how many episodes we've done with each guest and things like that. Of course, all of our guests have only been on once so far, but that doesn't mean they can't come back. Yeah. And, and the, the idea for our show, I mean, one of the challenges we have is tracking guests because quite often people pitch themselves or somebody pitches somebody else and, and we keep information on those folks. So, you know, we may want to use them at some point in the future. We've got our own list of people that we'd like to put on someday. So um, in the old days, we would have a separate Apple note where we just kept that list and we would move the names between different categories. And now mm-hmm. uh, we've got a part of our Airtable database for the show is a sheet, I guess, for lack of a better term, that has a list of all these guests with all our notes. And 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 then you can easily, one of the things you can do in Airtable, which we haven't really said explicitly, but it's really cool, is you can link data between different sheets or even different tables. So um, once we decide to make a show with that guest, once it goes into planning or pre-production on that guest, we link that guest record from that sheet on the main show tracking sheet. Mm-hmm. I guess I should we we'll make a video or something kind of showing yeah. off a, a bit of this. We can't share everything because you know 
we just can't, but we're going to share as much as we can so you can see how this works. But you just, you link the, uh, the guest to that show tracking sheet. And then suddenly the guest sheet gets better data because it knows what show they're attached to. And the show tracking sheet has a link to all that information we already have on the guest. So, um, it saves you work and, and kind of keeps everything together. It does. Um, and I mean, that that's the beauty of this because it does allow you to store so much information in one place and sort it and filter it, um, you know, by all the different columns. You, you can do almost anything with the data. Anyway, back to our, our show planning sheet. We also have, we have notes, um, which is just, so when you come up with an idea, so for example, automating automators with Airtable, um, <laughs> you know, like what are we actually going to cover in this? And so you scribble down some notes. Um, and then we have the show outline table, which is when we move it from our idea status to the planning status. Um, and that's when we create a quip document. So we don't have the entire show outline in Airtable. We could, there's nothing stopping us, but we are using quip just because it's easy to share one quip document with a guest um, when, when you're recording. Um, and we do like to have our outlines and share them with people. And, and honestly, Quip is a better tool to outline a podcast than it Airtable. Is, yeah. So, and, but it, because that's also a web tool, uh, it's very easy to create a link to that page and embed mm -hmm. it in the Airtable. So, as you're working through the Airtable, if you want to get to the outline, you just push the link, and then it gets you straight to the appropriate Quip document. It's it's very clever the way the whole thing ties together. Well, it's even more clever when we get to the Zapier automation and yes. it actually does that automatically for us. Yeah, we're going to explain that in a little bit. Um, but but then, you know, Rose had talked earlier that we've got this this one field in Airtable, and this is one of the power features of Airtable, I believe, is a status. We call it status, but I mean, it's basically a multi-select field where you mm -hmm. can create entries, uh, you can add new ones, but or you can have a preset group of entries and uh, for ours we've got several we've got planning scheduled recorded released or idea stage so for every show idea we have we've got one it's in one of those different statuses and and with Airtable, like rose was saying uh, you can then go into the document you know by by its default it gives you what they call the grid view which looks very much like a spreadsheet but if you click on that in Airtable. Um, then you can you can add custom views, and the custom views are often planned around that status. And the status view is great because then I can you know we can both of us can see what exactly is in planning, what's in pre production, etc. And just think think about that for a minute with whatever you're managing data in your life. If you could immediately set it up, it's kind of like pivot tables in a spreadsheet, but mm -hmm. not exactly. But the nice thing here, I think, is when you combine the power to dynamically resort the table based on project status, mm -hmm. and you combine that with the fact that this is a collaborative tool and people on the other end can get that same view or a different view, um, it gets really powerful. It does. Um, and, and this is what makes it so good because you, it's designed for collaboration, which means you don't end up with weird things like data collisions and stuff like that, which can, of course, happen elsewhere. Um, you know, if, if we had, I don't know, say um, uh, an SQLite database saved in Dropbox, well, to start with, that wouldn't do very well with Dropbox's syncing. Yeah. Um, and secondly, if we both opened it at the same time, it might actually just explode and cause the end of automators, or at the very least, the end of our ideas list, which, yeah. of course, is something we do not want. So, yes. 
And, and setting that up is really easy. All you have to do is when you create a, you know, I, I think of it as a spreadsheet. I understand what you mean, the fact that it's really more of a database than a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. But but it's user-friendly in the same way a spreadsheet is. If you can open numbers and play around with it, you will do just fine at Airtable. Exactly. And the nice thing is uh, you can then go through and, um, I mean, to set up this status field or this multi-select, it's, simply just changing the field type and then typing them in. Anybody can do it. Um, We're going to talk later about other ways we use it, but one of my other projects I'll mention later, I noticed that some of my team members started making additions and changes to to the status field on that project because and neither of them had any training or or use prior of Airtable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what's great about this. You know, you you can set all this up and you can share it with other people who don't have to know how it works because it's fairly obvious it's a table and you fill it out. Um, and that's it. And, and it supports all the expected cell types that you would think of, you yeah. know, dates, yeah. checkboxes, uh, text, um, yeah. you know, different types of digits and numbers. It's just anything you can think of that you need in a or, or currencies are, are also supported. Yeah. Uh, and it can even do things like barcodes and stuff like that, which is great if you need that sort of thing. Yeah. So so the status field is key to uh, keeping the show running. Let's talk about some of the other fields that we're using. Yeah, so we've got a responsible field, which, I mean, David mentioned just now, each one of us takes in turn. So this is David's episode, and it's marked as David's episode in Airtable, um, which actually we I used to feed into a couple of other things as well, like, for example, the automators.fm website, um, which posts the, the, uh, the blog post episode as well as each podcast episode and links to the videos. Um, that knows who is in charge of the episode, so whose blog posts we really need to grab for it because of this Airtable, which is amazing. Um, And then after that, we've got recording date and release date. Um, And then we have just three very simple checkbox fields, whether or not the episode's recorded, whether or not David's recorded his ad, and whether or not I've recorded my ad, because we we like to share all of the duties when it comes to automators. Yeah, and and that is good information to display, but it also is useful data for some of the other fields we talk about. And we're gonna we're gonna get into the way we use that data right after this. This episode of Automators is brought to you by our awesome friends at Luna Display. They are the makers of the only hardware solution that turns your iPad into a wireless display for your Mac. That means you'll have a second display that's super portable with basically zero lag and gorgeous image quality. I was on a plane this last weekend, and I'm probably going to be on planes again this weekend. But last weekend, it was great. The seat next to me was free. So I got out my MacBook Air. I folded down the tray table in the middle. I let the person on the other side have the other half of the tray table, as you do. But I could use my iPad with Luna display. And I'm pretty certain that the guy sat on the other side. His eyes were like popping out of his head because I was moving things between my iPad and my Mac screen. And then I was touching things on my iPad screen and using everything everywhere. I just had this whole extra 11 inches of display, which doesn't sound like much, but that's sometimes all you need to make your life easier. Setting up extra screens can be fiddly, but with Luna Display, it couldn't be easier. Just plug a small bit of hardware into your Mac and you're good to go. Plus, everything works over Wi-Fi. But you're a busy person, so you might be traveling without a Wi-Fi connection, just like I was on that plane. Don't worry, just connect with USB. It's super simple to get set up and you'll love that extra screen real estate. Luna Display is a complete extension to your Mac. It supports external keyboards as well as Apple Pencil and touch interactions. It basically turns your Mac into a touchscreen device. And the all-new Liquid Video Engine 
brings a significantly reduced latency and a faster screen refresh rate. Listeners of Automators can get an exclusive 10% discount on Lunar Display. Just go to lunardisplay.com and enter the promo code AUTOMATORS at checkout. That's lunardisplay.com and promo code AUTOMATORS at checkout. Go there now, upgrade your setup. You're going to love it. lunardisplay.com, promo code AUTOMATORS and get 10% off. So one of the things I really like about our our general status view is that we're adding this data. You know, did I record my ad, for instance? But the thing that's cool about it is that because Airtable is a database in addition to being a spreadsheet, it pulls that data and uses it in other places. And one of the, this, this I guess, tabs or sheets that we use is, uh, in addition to the show status, is open items. And this is a great place to go for someone who makes a podcast. Usually it's got my name on it more than roses, to be honest. <laughs> but the, uh, <laughs> It depends. But it's yeah. So open items, the idea is that it will look at that data to make sure for like if the show's recorded, uh, is Sparky's ad. And if not, then it shows as an open item for me. Yeah, yeah. And we can also put other tasks in here as well, which is really useful. So for example, um, just after we record this, I'm going to send out a meetup uh, regarding the Orange County, uh, an email regarding the Orange County meetup, just to make sure everybody knows when it is and where it is. Um, Because we hadn't confirmed the time and date until today, you may well receive this before the podcast goes out due to the magic of time travel. Uh, But uh, it's it's good to be able to just do this and keep on top of things. Though I have to say, when we get collaborative tasks in OmniFocus, uh, some of the tasks may disappear from here and just magically appear in your OmniFocus, David. Yeah, well, that would make sense. But but and having fewer places to go would would be an improvement. But it is nice that this is here and it's dynamically generated. I that's the thing I like about it is you don't have to go and manually add it. Once we set this up, you know, we automated it. So uh, exactly whether or not the ad is done you know, creates the event or other things. I mean, we can manually add to this list, but much of this stuff just shows up automatically. And that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And again, there's Zapier involved to do a lot of this. So we'll explain that in in a bit. And there's constant questions, you know, when you're working with a partner on a project, that things, Mm. things just come up. I mean, as we were planning the shirt, the shirt thing, we use that field quite a bit as we plan that. And right now we've got all these meetups. So that's taking up a bunch of space in the open items, but it's Mm -hmm. a, um, it's a great way to work together. And, and obviously not everybody out there is making a nerdy podcast. And, but I would like to think that the stuff we're talking about here and the way we're using this could be applied in a lot of contexts. Yes. And I'm very sure it can be. Um, and of course you don't have to necessarily stay completely on topic. I did have an open an item in here earlier, which was to ask David about Disney tickets because I'm going to go and visit him and sleep on his very comfortable sofa bed or so I've been promised just before dubbed up. So I yeah. get to go visit. The real Disney. I'm taking Rose to the original. Yeah, and I'm super excited. Yeah, no pressure, but you know, if you don't like it, that's going to change our relationship. The thing is, is I'm very, very, very excited. <laughs> so I think I'm just going to like it anyway. So. Uh, the you know, I talked earlier about the guest database, but that that's something else that we use quite often, and. Uh, you know, not everybody that gets on the list eventually becomes a guest, but it's a nice way to keep track of all that stuff as it comes in. And once again, it's just an easy, an easy location and convenient to both hosts. The collaboration yeah. stuff, I, I probably am going to say this too much today, but um, I have never really had a reliable collaboration database uh, experience. 
Um, mm-hmm. Mac Power users for since almost the beginning has run on a Google Sheet, which has been great, but it just doesn't have the same power behind it that this Airtable does, and and uh, it is quite an improvement. It is, yes. And it's also great because, for example, I mean, we'll get to the host overview table in a moment. Um, but, the, for example, in the guests, uh, we have a contact person. So um, it doesn't mean that, for example, only I can get in contact with Tim Nahumuk from the last episode on drafts. Um, but it means that, for example, I was the person that reached out to Tim and got him on the episode for that one. So I'm perhaps the primary contact person. Which means that if if we ever get in, are in doubt about, oh, right, uh, wait, I, I don't think I've got the, uh, this person's email address. Well, I know who does because it is definitely Rose that organized the episode. Yeah. Um, so um, it, it does help us out to keep on top of this. Yeah. And, and just let's talk about the host overview in general. How did we create that? So Airtable actually has something built in called collaborators, which are all the people associated with uh, an Airtable base. However, there is one small problem with this, and that is via the API, you can't get a list of the collaborators and the IDs. Now, there are open requests for this on the Airtable forums, and I'm very sure they were go- they're going to add it at some point. Um, but right now, uh, it's not there. So to make it a little bit easier for scripting purposes, um, I just added a host overview table where we've got each of our names, and then this references everything else in um, all of the other tables. So for example, I can see, you know, um, where the open items, what items are assigned to me versus what items are assigned to David. Uh, From the show planning table, which episodes are mine and which episodes are David's. Uh, Guests, who belongs to me. Um, (laughs) Air quotes there, because I don't think Matthew Casanelli really belongs to me, but, you know, uh, I I helped organize the episode with him. Um, And things like that. And it's just great for just keeping on top of everything. Um, so that we can do that. Though the um, the ads to record and things like that don't go in here. They specifically go into open items. And then the other thing we do is we also track the show accounting because, mm-hmm. um, you know, while there's not, the show isn't particularly expensive to produce, we, we just have little items. Um, you know, I bought some stickers for Rose and we, we're going to have to account for T-shirts and, you know, just the different things that we have between us, the domain name. Um, yeah. and then we keep track of the money. So the next time Rose and I have to, to, um, balance out the expenses, we, we both know exactly what, what they are. Yeah. And it, it's just generally helpful for keeping on top of things and knowing, for example, you know, like forum hosting is very cheap. Um, but knowing that at the moment I'm paying for that so that if David buys stickers and that works out to like a year of forum hosting, then actually, you know, I probably owe David some money versus him owing me money. Um, not that we're making a big thing of it because none of this stuff is expensive at all. Um, but it's just a good idea because I don't know about you, David, but I always find that money can create bad feelings between friends very quickly if you don't know what's going on. So I'd much rather stay on top of it because I, I want to be on your good side. Uh, you know, that's never been a thing for me, but I've never, I've never really dealt with enough money to make it matter, I guess. <laughs> That's a very good point. But sometimes, you know, but sometimes it, it can just be like, oh, I lent that person 20 and they, they didn't give it back. Well, maybe that was a good 20 to get rid of that person. But on the other hand, it may cause a rift between friends for life. So. My, my fear is always with people that I'm going to screw it up somehow and make them mad. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to miss <laughs> something. Yeah, you, you know what I mean, right? It's like, yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah. It's like I, I always get nervous. Like uh, usually when we go out with friends, uh, there's only two ways I do the check. Either we either split it or I just pay it. Cause I, d- I don't want 
whenever they get the calculators out, I just get nervous. You know, it's like, oh, they're going to think I'm screwing them somehow, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. And I mean, uh, thankfully, we're both very easygoing, which makes all yeah. this easier. Yeah. Um, but also being super organized about everything also makes life much easier. Yeah. So. yeah but so, so putting an accounting sheet made a lot of sense. And and really, the fact is we run this whole show from a single air table. Uh, granted, we use Quip to actually make the, the show content. But I mean, all of the administration of the show is done through the single Airtable database. And that that didn't just happen overnight. It took us some time to develop it. And and it was kind of almost like a software project. We would add features. Usually the smartest features came from Rose, you know, which shouldn't surprise uh, no, anybody. I, I'd say that's a, that's a it was an equal split of, yeah. uh, you know, who who did who added which one specifically. But uh, I did. I have a little more experience, I think, with this when I started. So I had things like some of the formula columns, which automatically, yeah. if there's an episode number, it automatically puts the episode number colon and then the show title yeah. for us, which also means that our episodes happen to be ordered. Otherwise, they're ordered alphabetically, uh, which makes sense. Yeah, it's nice. And, the, um, and it's honestly a work in progress, too. I feel like we're still mm. finding things to change about it and, and fix with it as we go forward. But it's... It's been a really satisfying experience. I, you know, I'd heard about Airtable for years, and this and a couple other projects over the last six months have got me much more into it. And you know what else got me into Airtable was when I finally bit the bullet and started paying for Zapier, and I mm-hmm. and I knew there was so much Airtable integration with Zapier that um, I just I just went for it. You want to talk? Yeah. You want to yeah. talk about automation a little bit? Yeah. So, um, I mean, one of the things that we do um, is Zapier is watching Airtable. Now, one thing that you you do need to be aware of if you are using Zapier with Airtable is Zapier will trigger on a row in Airtable once. And that's across all your zaps. Basically, it's trying to avoid data collision, which is a very smart way to do it. Uh, this does mean, unfortunately, you may run into some... Uh, weird cases where you've you've triggered one zap with a row and then it won't automatically trigger with that again. Um, But for for automators, that's never a problem, thankfully. So what we do is whenever a show goes into um, planning um, or scheduled and it does not have a show outline. So we have a special view set up for this, which I don't think David or I ever looked at. Um, is uh, and it's called create quip documents and we're very literal with the naming because whenever something appears here Zapier is watching that and it goes oh I need to make a quip document uh, and it does exactly that it makes a quip document for us it shares it with David and myself and it tries to put it in the automators folder there was a bug the other day where it didn't make it into the automators folder which I still need to investigate I have to say um, but then um, it takes everything out of the notes uh, column and it sticks that in the document and it adds our header for us and it figures it out based on who's in the responsible um, uh, column as to whether or not it should, the header information should say, hello, I'm David Sparks or hello, I'm Rosemary Orchard. So that we always say the right thing. Um, and uh, it's, it, it sucks when the, I say hello, I'm Rosemary Orchard. It really does. I know it does. And it sounds so weird. Yes. You, you need to stop doing that. <laughs> the accent's um, all wrong. I know. Um, so, and then it takes the recording date and the release date and puts that in there as well. Um, and it adds a couple of other headers, like, uh, you know, which of our sponsors are our sponsors for the day um, and and things like that. So that we've got all of the information ready. Um, and then uh, it takes the link to that Quip document and it puts it back into Automate as the, the Airtable base for us so that we can just click. 
Um, and this doesn't necessarily happen instantly, but it happens very quickly. Um, and that's all that counts. So it's, it's a very useful uh, tool, I have to say. And that's just one zap. Yeah, and it, it's just it's just a good player in if you're looking for cloud based solutions, it's a good player in that it, it collaborates with everything. I mean, using Zapier, I've got connections between Basecamp and Airtable and in billing systems, and it, it it all ties together really nicely. And and that's one of the things I like about it. I mean, I, I keep saying it, but the, if you work with more than one person on a set of data. This is some a tool you should at least spend a little time playing with to see if this scratches the itch for you because it is just so good at that collaboration. Mm-hmm. It really, really is, and I have to say, um, you know, this is obviously considerably better than our previous solution with Apple Notes. Yeah. Um, but I can't think of a tool better suited to managing a podcast yeah. than. Airtable. I mean, there probably are tools, but for managing a collaborative podcast the way we do, especially I use shortcuts to add ideas yeah. all the time. Um, and just being able to do that is perfect. So, yeah. And I actually just go in because they have an app for the iPhone and the iPad. So if something occurs to me, I'll just go in and add it. Although I probably should do a shortcut because if I had any complaints about it, uh, Airtable in general, I feel like the iOS implementation isn't perfect it could be better um i really don't like the cell formatting stuff you do in the ios app i think if you Mm -hmm. open a cell or open it it gives you all the various um it it gives you all the various elements of it that you can go through and 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 tick off but it's not it could be done a lot better i think yes it could and also um so uh one of the things we haven't covered yet at all of views. And so as well as a basic table layout, Zapier, uh, sorry, Zapier Airtable can also do things like a calendar view and a Kanban view um, and all sorts of these things. So for example, we have a calendar, we've got two calendar views. We've got a calendar view for recording. Yeah. Um, and then we've got a calendar view for release um, when we can see when things are actually, you know, due to be released so that we can Make sure that we're recording ahead of time, uh, because otherwise trying to edit at the last minute is not fun, as our editor, I'm sure, would tell you. Um, he has done it before, and he's a wizard, but let's try and avoid that. Yeah. And so we can do that. And the great thing about the calendar views, um, and this is something we'll get to in the further use cases, is you can subscribe to these in iCloud Calendar or in Google Calendar, which means that you can trigger even more automations with them. Yeah, or automatic music. Yeah, I mean, not only can you trigger automations with them, you can also just automatically update your own calendar with the data out yeah. of the out of the database. I mean, there's two really two levels of automation you get through the calendar view. Yeah, um, and I have to say, uh, I'm I'm not we're not subscribed, or at least I'm not subscribed to either of the calendars for um, Airtable because we actually have one single shared calendar between David and myself. Yeah. Um, where we we put all of the recording and the releases and we titled the releases so we know whose release belongs to who, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Which I have to say works very well, Um, especially we have time zones involved. And anybody who's worked with time zones knows that they're not easy um, and uh, it's it's much easier to just let Apple handle that for us, I have to say. Hey, how how do you handle time zones in general? Because I feel like you probably have to deal with it more than most people. I mean, in Vienna, you're a bit on an island in our little nerd community. 
Uh, I am a bit. The Federico Vitici is on the same time zone as me, and Mike Hurley is only one hour behind, uh, okay. which, you know, it, I'm not completely on my own. Um, but I use this great app called Calzones uh, by underscore David Smith, um, and he's made a bunch of great applications, Pedometer Plus Plus, Sleep Plus Plus, Activity Plus Plus. You can tell that there's a theme with his apps. Uh, but Calzones, aside from having a fabulous name, uh, is a really, really good calendar for time zones. So when I'm scheduling something, um, it's got a horizontal time picker. Um, and that means that I can see the the time that the event would be in my time zone, but I can also see, and I've given certain time zones names. So uh, I have um, uh, San Jose, and it's been renamed to David. Yeah. Because you are in the san francisco time zone um at least usually unless you're traveling um and for example stephen hackett is in central time zone so i renamed central to stephen hackett and things like that which means that if i'm trying to schedule something i can immediately see not just for me but for everybody else involved what time zones are there which means that if i'm trying to schedule something with say my co-author brian who lives in japan you know i can see well you know he's x many hours ahead of me so this well this would be you know like six o'clock his time that's a pretty good time to try and talk to him versus you know like two o'clock in the afternoon when he's at work um so it yeah i use calzones for that basically and nothing else yeah I, i've given mine uh, individual names as well like vienna is rose for me and the um mm-hmm. uh but it, it's funny how vienna has uh, on all my systems vienna i'm always aware of what time it is in vienna in <laughs> <laughs> fantastic how they have a um Mm. Uh, they have a cool feature where you can put on the right side of this the calendar day. You know, on the left side it's your time. On the right side is some other time zone. I always use Vienna for that as well. I'm just freaked out. I'm gonna, and I know that you use Do Not Disturb and everything, but I'm freaked out. I'm gonna like send you a text, and it's gonna be 3 a.m. or something, and wake you up. So, well, there's good news. A, I always use Do Not Disturb, and B, I'm a heavy sleeper. So. One text message will not wake me up. But you'll yeah. be very pleased to hear that you're on the right side of my Fantastical as well. All right. All right. <laughs> yes. So, back to Airtable. Yes. Yeah, sorry. A little, little side <laughs> got a little there. sidetrack there. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. So, yes. Um, so, uh, we, we were talking about Zapier um, and some of the actions that we do. And David mentioned earlier, we've got this great table called Open Items in our automated space. Um, And this is um, something that I deal with with Zapier. So it checks once a day to make sure that we don't have any outstanding ads. Um, And I do this once a day because I don't want to add a stupid number of tasks to to our open items because uh, I haven't programmed this very intelligently at all. But essentially what I do is I'm using Zapier um, and I mentioned before that an Airtable, uh, Zapier can only trigger once on um, on an Airtable record. However, there is also the ability to find a record with Zapier, which means that every day, 4 p.m. my time, um, which is 7 a.m. your time, I believe, um, it goes and it checks and it goes, hmm, okay, so I'm going to check on the automated table and I'm specifically going to check on show planning. This is the wrong automators table. Sorry, I'm just I'm just modifying my uh, 
my uh, zap as I go and I just broke it, uh, which is always a good idea. Um, and so it, it checks and it looks for anything that has been recorded where we haven't recorded the ads. Um, so for example, if we are talking to a listener um, then uh, or a, a somebody we're interviewing for the show, we're not going to necessarily record the adverts right when we when we do the when we do the show. We want to do them afterwards because we want to make sure that our attention's not split to give everybody the experience that they're truly expecting. Um, and so we can search and we can find things and you can limit things to a specific view. And so we've actually got a view called outstanding ads. Um, and then what it does is it checks if there's anything in outstanding ads and it will just punt this into the open items. Uh, for us, meaning that if I have not recorded an ad, <gasps> dramatic music, then it's going to tell me to do that, um, which I think is pretty useful to have. Yeah. And it just imagine whatever it is you're doing for work, whether it's getting your quarterly reports done or whatnot, um, tying individual responsible persons to outstanding items with a collaborative database is actually pretty powerful. And it's a, it, it's a project management solution it's a database management solution. It, it's I, I'm I'm really impressed with Airtable. Yeah, me too. Um, I absolutely am because there's so many things you can do with it. So, for example, if you're if you're looking if you use Zapier to look for a record, then it can um, create a record if it doesn't find it, and that's just built in. Um, and it's a very well documented API. So if every time you create a base in Airtable and you create a table in that base. If you add one record, okay, you just have to add one sample record and you can fill it with, I don't know, um, chocolate as the, your keyword or all the way across if that's what you want to do. You can then go to the Airtable API and they generate documentation for your specific Airtable um, uh, for you so that you can learn how to use this. And it's really easy to use in shortcuts. Um you know, it, it could be easier to use, I will give it that, but it's very well documented, making it much easier to to get a hold of all of this information that you need. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your um, series shortcuts you're using with Airtable. How'd you build them and, and what are you using? I think I need to, to create a set. Well, I mean, uh, to start with, you need an API key, which you can get in your account information uh, in Airtable. Um, and then um, what I do is um, it depends on which Airtable I'm interacting with. So I've got quite a few different Airtables. Um, but let's say that I'm interacting with show planning and I want to add an idea as a show. So the first thing I need is I'm going to need the title and then I will optionally add any notes um, to this title. Um, and notes can be empty. That's not a problem. Yeah. And then you have an, uh, a URL and you do a get contents of URL. And then you need to change this to uh, the advanced one and it will be a post. And so you author authenticate against the API and then you post it data and everything is in a dictionary called fields and you put the data in there. And this is uh, this is something where you're going to need to look at the documentation for your specific Airtable base uh, because otherwise whatever I say is going to be wrong. It's not going to match up with anybody else's information. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so you look at that um, and there are certain fields that you need to fill out um, and certain fields are optional. And so for show planning, uh, we have to fill out the title. Um, and I always set that to an idea as well. Um, and then um, I add um, the notes if there are any notes and that's it. Um, and I just do that and then it's done. 
So the so Siri shortcuts, it's basically text collection, user input, yeah. and then an API call. And that's probably the yeah. tricky part is just getting the API call set up right. That is the tricky part. I will also note that I have I've I've done a little enhancement because usually when I have one idea, I have several other ideas. Yeah. Um and so what I do is um in my get idea, uh I after this I split on new lines. And I will share um, a sample one with a, a sample Airtable uh, for the show notes. Um, and uh, I split and repeat with each, which means that then for each of these titles, I can add any notes that I want. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, if I come up with five ideas at once, I can just scribble them all down quickly. She says, making a typing motion with her thumbs in midair, which probably looks very weird if anyone were watching me, but thankfully this is audio, not video. Yeah. Um, and uh, then I, I uh, and then these um, pop up and then they come back at me, giving me an option, uh, the time to think about them and add any notes that I've thought of and things like that. And then they get pushed up to Airtable. I'm super curious. I'm going to try it. I, I'm curious about how much faster it is than just going into the app and adding them manually, I guess. Uh, for me, it's quite a bit faster just because... Um, the way the Airtable app works, um, and I've actually left my phone somewhere for this episode. I'm not quite sure where it is, so I'm doing everything off the top of my head. Um, as far as shortcuts goes, um, you have when you open the app, you've got to navigate to the right base, which yeah. may or may not be the one that you're currently in. Yeah. Then you have to open the right table in the right base, and then you have to press the plus button. And then it pops up a modal, and you have to fill out the information. And then you have to scroll to the bottom and then you click OK. And that, that modal is what I was talking about earlier that I'm not really happy with the way. I feel like that could be done better. Yes, I think it could be as well. But this is where shortcuts and actually drafts can come in really handy. Because drafts, of course, is very scriptable, yeah. as we know from the last episode with, with Tim. And uh, you can do all sorts of things, including post a bunch of data to Airtable. And you can get data back from Airtable with the API, which means that you can do things like start writing blog posts based on ideas that are stored in your Airtable. And then you could also, like, this would be a good one in Siri Shortcuts. Once you've got the API sorted out, you could pre-populate a bunch of them. Like, if yeah. you had different types of work things you do all the time, uh, you just duplicate the script once you get it. And then you, Siri Shortcuts has the ability to run Siri Shortcuts. So you make kind of a menu shortcut, a select from mm -hmm. a list shortcut, and just put, you know, five or 10 of these things in there. So all you're doing is the minimal amount of data entry because all the, you know, the standard fields you fill out already and just make a different version of the shortcut for each of the standard ways you're going to fill it out. Yeah. Um, I do that with OmniFocus inbox items. There's no reason I couldn't do that with Airtable as well. All mm -hmm. right, I'm going to get an API key. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get that set up. Um, and, and the great thing about Airtable is you have one API key for all of your bases, uh, including bases that other people have shared with you, which means that you don't need to have tons of different authentication information. Um, and I will make a little video about interacting uh, with Airtable through shortcuts for our listeners because um, I think that this is something that people are definitely going to benefit from because it's a very easy way to get data into a trusted system, which you can then reorganize. And that doesn't need to be a task management system. It can be any kind of system. It could be your someday maybe list. Well, I want to talk about other ways we're using Airtable. But before we do that, I want to take a minute to talk about our next sponsor. And that's our friends over at Backblaze. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Backblaze. 
the unlimited cloud backup for Macs and PCs that starts at just $6 a month. Now, backup is important. I mean, we talk about it on Mac Power Users all the time. We also talk about it here on Automators. It's something that you have to have. I mean, if you're spending all your time automating your Mac, what is your backup solution? And I don't believe that one backup is enough. And honestly, I don't even think two backups is enough if they're in the same location. If you've got you know, a backup in your closet and a backup on your desk and your house burns down, guess what? You don't have any backups. So I, I've always believed strongly in offsite backups. And Backblaze is the service that I use. I've been a customer of theirs for, I don't know, five or six years now. Uh, to, they back up my Mac. And it's great for just $6 a month. It's unlimited. So uh, not only, and I'm I'm one that they lose money on, let's be honest. I hope they're not listening to this, but I'm I'm bad for them. You know, the uh, I've got my iMac with two terabytes of storage plus uh, an attached drive with another five terabytes of storage that's attached to it all the time. But you know, Backblaze doesn't care. They back all that up for me. I've got seven terabytes in their cloud and I just love having it there because if my house burns down, if someone breaks in and steals my computer in the backup drive, I'm good. I can get it back from them. They've got some great services that I, I really love. Uh, first of all, you can get a free 15-day uh, trial. There's no credit card required. Just go to backblaze.com slash automators and get yourself started. Um, but they, you know, a couple things I like, they back up everything, documents, music, photos, videos, drawings, everything that's important to you gets backed up. Now, if you need access to the files, in addition to having a great backup, they've got a, a cool iOS app that allows you to get access to those files. I was in Hawaii once on vacation, and I desperately needed a file that was on my archive drive attached to my iMac at home. Uh, VPN wasn't working. I couldn't figure out why. I was pulling my hair out, and then I realized, oh, wait a second, Backblaze. So I just went on my Backblaze app, downloaded the file. I was good to go. Um, they have backed up over 750 petabytes. That's the equivalent of 750 million gigabytes. I looked it up because I didn't know what that meant. Um, if you've got a data disaster, one of the things they do, you don't have to download everything over the internet if you lose your drive. Um, they'll ship you a hard drive with all your data on it. And once you've restored it, you can send the hard drive back to them for a full refund. They've just solved this problem, gang. And it's like I said, $6 a month. Why Why are you even thinking about it? Uh, they've restored over 35 billion files. Uh, it's a lot of saved projects. Um, it just gives you peace of mind. Uh, one of the ways I use Backblaze in addition to my own account is when my daughter went off to college, I knew she was never going to plug her laptop into a hard drive. You know, we have a backup drive for her. I just don't think she's going to be good at doing that. So I just installed Backblaze and bought her an account before she left. And it's great knowing that all of her data is getting backed up. I haven't heard about it yet, but you know, there's going to be the day when her paper gets fried or something goes wrong and she's going to call me in a panic and I'm going to be able to be a hero, you know, hero dad. You don't get to do that very often, but Backblaze helps you out. Anyway, uh, avoid that looming data disaster. Go to backblaze.com slash automators for your unrestricted free trial and let them know you heard about it here on the automators. We really appreciate that. It helps us keep the lights on. That's backblaze.com slash automators. Go there now. Thank you, Backblaze, for saving us from countless data disasters and your support of this show and Relay FM. So now we get to talk about some of the other ways that we use. Airtable. And it's not just for automating it, uh, automators. 
because we need more A's in our alliterative title. Yeah, I well, I, I think that, you know, like everything that's cool that comes into your life, as soon as you start realizing the power of it, you start extending the usage. And the more I, the deeper I got into Airtable, the more I realized, oh, there's a bunch of stuff I'm doing with numbers that I want to switch over to Airtable. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, I, I essentially forked the automator spreadsheet to the focused podcast. <laughs> it's different though. I approve. It, it's funny <laughs> though, because it, it really has evolved differently because we have mm-hmm. different needs on that show. So, and that's the nice thing about it is you can, um, you can very easily start changing. I mean, they're, they're very different from each other at this point, but, um, any, you know, getting back to the idea of collaboration, you know, Mike and I are always doing the same thing. We're planning shows and trying to get everything done. Uh, one of the big uses for me of Airtable was this keyboard maestro field guide. It was essential. Mm. Um, the way I, I plan these field guides out, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff I do, kind of what I call monk mode, where I'm spending a bunch of my own time, you know, thinking about it, outlining it. I've got my nodes, I've got Omni outlines, I've got all kinds of stuff going on. But then uh, there, I do have people helping me with the production. And, you know, I have some people helping with the post-production um, all the, you know, there's just a million little switches to throw and uploads and closed captioning. There's just a bunch of little things that need to get done as you get one of these products ready to launch. And um, so I've started to get some people to help me with it. I'm trying to not do it all myself. And the um, Airtable was key for that. And it was that status field. I mean, uh, the team that was helping me, we all would sort by status. And as one person would finish something, they'd mark the status, you know, back to me and I, and you can color code them, which is something I thought was very useful. So I color coded them for each person. So whoever was looking at the field, whether it was a list of all the videos uh, organized by, you know, the order that the user sees them or whether they were organized by status, they could very quickly see anything that was their color that would require action by them. Um, It wasn't quite as advanced as what we're doing with automators, but it still was very useful having this stuff together. Yeah, I can believe that. I mean, I a lot of the other Airtables that I have are not collaborative, but just from from using this one, I, you know, the, the the collaboration stuff and the color coding and the grouping, uh, it's it's so good. And after we created uh, the air the automators uh, base, I created about six others, um, which I thought maybe was going a bit too far. And then I, I realized that actually, no, this is super helpful. So I've created an editorial calendar for my blog um, because I want to put more things on there. Um, and I had a little bit of an incident a couple of weeks ago where um, all of my my micro feed, um, which usually would go to micro.blog, was feeding into everything else. And so I apologize if you got a lot of swarm updates that weekend because um, I check into things. But I, I put... I've got my editorial calendar in here now. So I've got dates. So for example, uh, as we record this episode, Timery has not launched yet, but we know it's coming. Um, and so I've got Timery in there and I've specified that that needs to go out on the day that Timery will release on. Um, and that's already drafted. Um, and I've got another blog post that I need to finish later today. Um, and I've got all sorts of things and I've got a blog post about automators episodes in there as well. And this is where I am subscribed to the calendar because I've made a calendar out of this and I've subscribed to this on my phone. Um, and it means that I can see, oh, right, well, I, I need to get that that um, that uh, article written about Timery and how I'm using it put together so that it's ready to go. And then are you putting those as all-day events? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so these just show up as all-day events, but they're not blocking my calendar. And it also means they show up right at the top of the day and they'll be there throughout the day. So it's not like you blink and you miss them, um, which is something I've had before. Um, and I do actually use these um, with my time blocking. Um, we may have to come back and do another episode on automating calendars specifically for time blocking. Yeah. Um, because yeah. Um, I, I'm using this information. So I'm looking ahead in my calendar to see if there's an article and then asking myself whether or not I've written it. And if I haven't written it, then I'm scheduling a couple of hours to do that in my calendar. And it's really nice because even the, you know, the, when it's wearing its spreadsheet hat, it's a spreadsheet. It, it does all sorts of great stuff. Like I'm just looking at the keyboard measure right now. I've been telling everybody it's just under four hours. Well, according to the most recent data that was updated by the editor, it's four hours and four seconds, you know, <laughs> but it, it's got, it's, it's tracking the time and, and doing the addition in the database for me. So it's great. Um, I use it uh, to, for tracking sponsors you know, payment status and all that stuff. I haven't, I'm not collaborating on that, but that may be one I eventually bring someone in to help me out with. Um, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, On the legal side of my life, um, I represent a bunch of companies and there's all sorts of compliance requirements for these companies. I have a paralegal helping me out with a bunch of that. Um, and I used to do it in a number spreadsheet. Now I'm doing it with Airtable and I do have a collaborator in that database to make sure we get everything done exactly as it's supposed to be. And it's just, um, you know, a collaborative spreadsheet slash database. I know that's not, that's obvious to a lot of people that have been using it for many years, but in my experience, they've always been super complicated. They've been hard to get other people to buy into. Um, they, it's been heavy software, for lack of a better term, where this is a light web tool that does, it's as powerful as I need it to be, and it opens up a lot of options. Yes, it does. And because of this API, which I know I've been talking about to death, um, but I'm just going to mention it again, you can integrate this into something like drafts as well. So I've made, um, I've got a couple of different actions for drafts. I've got one in my blog post um, workspace. I've got one in my suite setup workspace. And this means that I can grab things which are currently marked as ideas in my um, Airtable basis. And I can change them from idea to draft and I can just get working on them. And I take the the idea of the draft when, once I've created it um, and I put that back in Airtable, which means that from Airtable, I've got a link that can open drafts. And because drafts is on Mac and iOS, uh, that link works everywhere. So it's, it's amazing because it helps me do things and it means that I'm not jumping back and forth between applications, which does make me lose focus when, I, when I'm working. Um, and I can just, you know, hit the button, scroll, pick an idea, press the button, and I, I've got a draft right in front of me with any notes that I already had, um, and I'm good to go. So, so Rose, uh, I guess we like Airtable. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> after we've been gushing about it for an hour. I mean, it's it's so flexible, um, yeah. and we've not even covered things like the roll up. Um, the, the roll-up uh, field type. So uh, I'm just going to go into this a little bit because yeah. um, uh, if you want to see what this looks like, uh, Airtable actually has a bunch of sample bases, which I would highly recommend that you look at. And I believe there's one which is like small business accounting or freelancing expenses or something like that. And they have these great uh, example fields called roll-ups. And a roll-up field is summarizing data from records that are linked to this table. So that means that, for example, and I'm just looking at my, um, I've got a, I've got an Airtable table called Professional Nerd. How nerdy is that? 
essentially it's everything I do with which theoretically is business-like. So for example, writing for the suite setup and things like that. Um, and I have um, uh, a row for every month um, and I, I keep track of all of my income and expenses in there. Um, and then I do roll-ups so that I have um, like a sum of how much income versus how much uh, was in expenses every month. And this is just really useful to have because then, you know, I know where the money's going. Um, and it's in many ways better than budgeting software, though I'm using budgeting software for my personal budget. Uh, maybe I should move that to Airtable too. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, very powerful. It's great. Uh, and the fact that I'm using a, you know, because like I use the online billing system and I have Basecamp I, and I have Zapier, all of a sudden I can really make this stuff dance with each other. And it's great. And uh, Airtable is definitely a player in that as well. Well, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan and uh, I'm glad that we were able to give this application a show. If you're out there and you're using Airtable, let us know how you're doing it in the forums. We'd like to hear interesting uses. We've got you know feedback shows coming up. We can talk about that. If you haven't used Airtable and any of this perks your interest, go sign up. It's free. You know, I'm I'm using the free account. I guess that's something I should have said at the beginning. And I'm fine. I you know the limitations for the free account are pretty liberal with Airtable. So mm -hmm. um, I it's not costing me anything either, which is kind of great. Yes. Um, and, uh, I have to say, uh, I, I was actually running into the limitation. There's a limit on the number of rows you can have on the free plan, um, with Airtable on one of my bases, uh, on my professional nerd base, um, for the really curious people. Uh, and then I realized actually all of my things for the suite setup, they actually belong in their own base called the suite setup. So I duplicated my base, um, and I deleted all the extraneous tables from the second one and just renamed it and then deleted the suite setup things from the first one. And. I am not running into the limitations anymore because I don't have duplicate data everywhere, which yeah. is, of course, the death of row limitations. Yeah, well, and I do think they've set that bar at the right point. So if you get mm -hmm. to the point where you're using that many rows, you should pay for it, honestly. Oh, you yeah, I mean? absolutely. And, um, but it's not like so few rows that you can't enjoy using the app, you know, at all without paying. So... Yeah, go go download it. I'm sorry, don't download it. There's nothing to download. I guess you can well, download the is. app on there's... the iOS app. Yeah, and there's a macOS app as well, which is on the Airtable website. You know, I knew that. I tried it. I I just use it in the web. I don't use it. I don't use their I Mac app. Found putting it in my dock uh, was worthwhile. Uh, we should note Airtable doesn't work offline, which means that if you're, for example, spending a lot of time on planes, uh, it won't work there. However. The way I've set up all of my bases, if I need information offline, uh, it's already offline. Um, yeah. Because I, I spend so much time traveling. That's just what I do. Um, everything's available offline that can be made available offline to me. Um, uh, but uh, in general, because of the amazing power that's behind Airtable, I don't see this as a as a negative, really, in the grand scheme of things. No, me either. Me either. I, it, it's a great app. So let us know how you're using it over at the uh, forums. Uh, send us a note. Tweet us, whatever. We, when we do a feedback show, we'd love to talk about how other folks are using Airtable. Um, the automation, one thing I'm particularly interested in how people are tying it to other web services because I think that's you know the real payoff of doing these types of uh, web mm -hmm. service and uh, I'd love to hear how people are using it and what kind of problems they're solving. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm willing to bet that there are many interesting problems. And even if you're 
using it for work and you can't tell us in detail, give us an overview because I'm very curious to see how everybody else is using it. We are The Automators. You can find us over at automators.fm. You can find our shows at relay.fm slash automators. Um, you can join the talk over at talk.automators.fm over at the forum. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Luna Display and Backblaze, and we'll see you next time.